without any further ado, because I know I began to introduce this at the beginning of announcements, but I was thinking about what can we talk about this morning? Yes, we're going through the book of Romans, but we're going to be taking a break today and for the next two Sundays uh, from Romans. We'll resume on the 17th of January in our study through the book of Romans. Uh, Next Sunday, we're going to be doing a New Year's message. The following Sunday, we're going to be doing more of what we call a Vision Sunday and talk about what the Lord's done in the last two years and then what we're going to be uh, doing looking forward. But this morning, I was thinking we've just come off of indulging ourselves with just most of us relaxing, eating, gift giving, spending time, you know, maybe even got stressed out through commercialism and trying to find last second gifts or whatever. And you were so bummed as I've joked about that Amazon Prime was two day shipping, not one day shipping or not in the next hour shipping. And so you had to go out and brave the crowds and then all of a sudden it's over. And you're left sitting here on church going, which is on Sunday, which I'm very glad to see you because this is usually one of the least attended services throughout the year, ironically, but to be here this morning thinking, whoa, where do I go from here? So this morning, I've entitled this message, Free Refills. Now, uh, hopefully by the end of our service this morning, you'll know why I've entitled that, but I'll start off by asking this question. How many of you here this morning like being happy? How many of you here do? Well, some of you are like, I'm not even going to raise my hand for that. And that was some of you, and you back there too. The reality is, is that most people want to be happy. They would say, I want to be happy. And that's why, unless you're just being stubborn and like, uh-uh, I'm not even going to justify that with a raising of my hand because everybody in the world wants to be happy. Absolutely so. But the reality is, is that most people are not happy. And you might have gotten gifts and you might have had this experience this Christmas and then all of a sudden you're going to start to see that in a few days or in a week or if you stretch it out to maybe two and a half weeks, maybe even three, you'll start to find yourself looking again for something more. And if I were to ask you, how many of you, and you don't need to raise your hand, Uh, If I were to ask you this morning, how many of you are truly happy, there are many of you that ironically would say, I am not. Now, the reason for that, and, and some of you may honestly not feel happy, but you'd immediately kick in the autopilot and say, yes, I am happy. And you'd start thinking of all the things that you have to be happy for. And then you'd start to go down that list and realize that all of those things that I'm saying, or most of the things, if not all of those things that I'm saying that I have to be happy for, you would find that there's something that can be taken away. Whether it's a relationship or whether it's a possession of some sort. And then you'd start to say, well, you start to see it, well, if all of these things were taken away, where would my source of happiness come from? Even... I don't know if you've read these lately, but even the latest polls tell us that Americans are becoming more and more unhappy at an increasing rate. I don't know if you remember from economics, this thing called marginal utility, where I want something less and less at an increasing rate, or whatever it might be that you're experiencing this morning is very, very similar to what most Americans are experiencing, the after-holiday blues, the after-Christmas low, when you start to realize, man... I'm hungering and thirsting for something that nothing in this world can ever fill. And so if more Americans are becoming more and more unhappy at an increasing rate, Matthew 5 verse 6 says this, Blessed 
are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. That word blessed, blessed in verse 6 of Matthew 5, in the Greek, makarios, and it just means happy. That's literally what it means. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. For those of you that had little kids or have little kids, and you can remember back to when they were little, uh, if you had you know, little children and they're grown up now. You remember how interesting, I guess, would be the word to use. It was when your child would be more interested in playing with the box that the toy was in than the toy itself. And you thought, why did I spend the money on that toy when I should have just bought them a cardboard box? You know, and, and if you've ever wondered how that can be, it's very interesting. I don't know if any scientists have found the reason for that, but it says, happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Happy will be those who hunger and who thirst for righteousness. Why are they happy and why are they blessed? Blessed they are, filled and will be filled time and time again. They will be filled time and time again. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, your happiness will be overflowing. So let me ask you a trick question here this morning. What do you do when you're hungry? Well, okay, it wasn't really a trick question. I mean, come on. It's like when you're hungry, you usually eat, right? When you're thirsty, you normally drink. And I, man, I had, <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm going to go to, the, go to the cupboard and get some food, right? Now, have you guys ever done this? Because I do this, and I, I don't know why I do this. But have you, ever, have you ever found yourself going to the cupboard and looking in the cupboard for something that wasn't there the first time, thinking that it might be there the next time you open up the cupboard door? And you'll go back, and you'll open it up, and you'll look in there, and you're like, oh, there's nothing that I want. And then five minutes later, you, you'll open it again, thinking that maybe something just went poof, like right in there, and I, miss, I missed out of that, that gigantic box of cheese, it's just pop in there like that. I don't know how that works. But, you know, the Bible tells us when, we're, when, when we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we'll be filled. And we'll be happy because of it. See, when we're hungry and when we're thirsty, we'll look all over the place for something to fill us up. Like the latest gizmo or gadget, you know, that's on CNET, has the highest ratings or whatever it might be. You know, you look on Amazon.com, you look on Toys R Us. And, and by, by the way, you know, we went to Toys R Us yesterday because uh, Hudson, uh, his uncle in uh, Wales, sent him some Christmas money. And I thought, that's pretty cool. I mean, who gets to go to Toys R Us after Christmas and pick out something? I mean, man, nice racket he has going here, you know. And, and uh, we go to the Toys R Us in Tustin, and it's going out of business. And, and I'm thinking to myself, what a sad day it is when a Toys R Us goes out of business. How in the world can a toy store, as long as there's children in this world, how can a toy store go out of business? And you start thinking, it's the age of Amazon. You know, nobody goes and shops anymore outside anywhere. You know, if I can just sit on my phone and send it right to my house, I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to dress up. You know, I don't have to comb my hair. I can be reclusive all the days of my life and just sit here and order things to my house. You know, I don't need anybody or anything. It's unbelievable. I mean, but the places that we'll end up looking when we're hungry or thirsty are pretty amazing. It could be Toys R Us, sure. But it could be religious pilgrimages. You know, you see that all the time. To atheism. Heterosexuality to homosexuality to bisexuality to asexuality. We have dieting. 
You know, then we have overeating, bulimia, or anorexia, or obesity. We go from, you know, health kicks to drinking binges or drug binges. We go from wealth to poverty, poverty to wealth, classical music, death metal, marriage, divorce, parents, orphans, family, isolation, uppers, lowers, Democrats, Republicans, communists, socialists, jihadists. You know, it's amazing where we'll look to find fulfillment. It's, it's fascinating how we as human beings, regardless of who, who you are, will hunger and thirst for something even when you have so much already. And it's fascinating the type of things we seek for fulfillment and where we look to find what we seek. And in John 6, 26, it says this, Jesus answered them and said, and I hope, guys, that this encourages you this morning and just maybe lends a proper perspective or reminds you of one. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. In verse 6, excuse me, in in, in chapter 6, verse 26, it says, You seek me. And that word seek can literally mean to seek out, to inquire after, and even to demand something from someone. You are seeking me because you're looking to get something from me. The people wanted fulfillment. They wanted to have that emptiness that they had filled. They were seeking after Jesus. But they were seeking after him because they had a hunger, a physical hunger. And they thought, well, hey, you know, Jesus feeds the 5,000 with those loaves and fish. And, you know, why don't we follow after him and we'll get a handout and have our hunger met. You might just say, well, wait a second. Didn't Jesus just feed the multitudes miraculously the day before with five loaves and two fish? You might think, well, they just had the five loaves and two fish the day before. Why are they seeking Jesus for another handout today? How is it that they're coming to Jesus again? Well, let me ask you, did you eat yesterday? Well, were you hungry today? Yeah, exactly my point. I may have ate yesterday, but I'm still hungry today. And outside of death, there's nothing in this world that can permanently stop hunger. I mean, how can it be where, oh man, I just got a gift on Christmas, I absolutely love it, and then now I don't want it, oh, why did I get that, oh, eh, eh, or whatever. How does that happen? It happens because our nature is never satiated, never filled by anything that this world has to offer. But yet people will find their value and they will find how much they love, they're loved, quote-unquote, by the gifts that they receive from a particular person. Or how many things they have stored up in their closet or what they have parked in their garage or where they live. And all of those things can be taken away. And then for the most part, you know, I, I would have to say, if not all of us, We'll take the things that we have for granted, and truly, that's why there's so many songs that have been written from, you know, way old school guys and rockabilly days to, you know, Linkin Park to whoever you want to talk about, throw out some modern, you know, bands that are out here today, you know, we can, you'd see these guys, and they'll write songs about you never know, you never knew what you had until it was gone. I mean, how many different versions of that song can be written? Well, the problem is, and the reason actually is, that the problem is people aren't ever satisfied no matter what you have 
And then people will go through these highs and these lows with their self-esteem because of what they have or don't have, or who's cheering them this day, who's booing them the next day. And all of these things don't bring fulfillment. Are we thankful for them? I hope so. Man, I'm thankful, but there's a lot of times that I'm not thankful. The people ate yesterday, but what about today? We had Christmas Day, but what about Christmas Sunday, now the following? See, we as human beings follow the things that bring us some sort of fulfillment, but those things are volatile and temporal at best. You know, I'll be happy and content. You know, I thought I'd be happy and content and fulfilled if I got that job. Or if I finally could run my own business, then I would be happy. Or if I dated, or if I married that girl. Or if I broke up with that girl and never saw her again, you know, I thought I'd be happy. Or if I owned that home, or if I owned that car, or wore those clothes, or ate at that five-star restaurant, or stayed at that six-star resort, or if I went on that Disney cruise, or if I had enough drugs, or big enough parties, etc. And, you, you know, the list is endless. If I only had this, I'd be happy. And I don't know about you, but there's so many people that I know personally that just aren't happy. And there's people that are in church that are just not happy. Why is that? See, though we may have fond memories of certain events in our lives, the fulfillment doesn't last. There has to be something more. And you know, I'm on to the next thing now. You remember that band, Black Eyed Peas, and then Fergie. You know, remember in 2008, she's saying, I'm so 2008 and you're so 2000 and late. But now, 2008 is way late, because it's 2016 almost. You know, it doesn't work anymore. But we'll work, and we'll strive, and we'll seek to obtain something that we hope to derive some level of fulfillment, satisfaction, and pleasure from. Though ultimately, eventually, it leaves us hungry for something more. That's why Jesus says in verse 27, where we're at today, John 6, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. Jesus is addressing an issue that's relevant to you and me even today. Don't strive for things that don't last. Spiritual is more important than material. And this is a constant challenge because Satan via the world is presenting all these amazing, sparkling things to us. You know, just really asking us, don't you really want these things? Don't you really want these things? You know, now we have the apps for anything that we want. And we can just flick through apps constantly. Oh, I can like that. I'm just going to put it in my cart. I'll put it on my wish list. You know, whatever. And we can just be doing these kind of things all day long. In 1 Corinthians 7.31, it says, For the form of this world is passing away. In 1 John 2.17, it says, And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Doing the will of God. How are we finishing this year? Yes, it's great to receive gifts. Man, it's awesome to give gifts. It's great to celebrate the greatest gift ever given to this world, the birth of Jesus Christ. And we celebrate that. And we have a great time. And, you know, you stretch Christmas as long as you can. You know, it's like we get a Christmas tree on the day after Thanksgiving every single year. And for some reason this year, it was so sad that our tree died in a week and a half. 
and it was barely December. My, my poor kids, you know, the, the tree was wilting. And you know when a tree dies and it's like you can just go on the, on the branches? You know, that was every branch. And so Ruth and I looked at each other and it's like, it's two weeks until Christmas. We can't have a dead tree already? And so that's never happened to us before. I mean, we were watering it, taking care of it, you know, doing whatever you need to. And uh, so we waited for the kids to go to bed and it was like 8.30 and Home Depot closes at 9.00. And we took all of the decorations off of the tree. And then by that time, it was like 8.50. And I'm like, oh, man, this is really cutting it close. And so I picked up that tree because, you know, when, when a tree's dead, it's super light. You could just be like, shh, 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 you know, like that. Stuffed it in the back of our car, bolted over Home Depot. And I said, hey, I bought this tree. Here's my receipt. And for some reason, it died. And they just gave me a new one. And they end up giving me one that was newer and bigger than my other one. And so we brought it home, and then we put it back in the stand. We decorated it, me and Ruth, you know, that was kind of like our, our, our mini date night. You know, the kids go to bed, and we're like, hey, you want to do something together? <laughs> so we do, you know, for those of you that have little kids, you know how it is. You've got to make the most of everything, man, I'm telling you. You know, sometimes we stay up way too late because we just want to have some adult time, and the kids stay up, and we're like, no, you will go to bed. You know, like that kind of thing. And uh, it's because we're thinking if they go to bed, we actually get a talk, you know. And so anyway, we redecorate it, and uh, we're like, do you think Hudson will notice that it's, you know, that it's a new tree? Like, nah, he'll just, he won't even pay attention to it. And so as he does, uh, traditionally, I would even say almost religiously, wakes me up very early on my side of the bed, and he says, did you get a new tree? <laughs> and, uh, and so he did, and uh, it, was, it was pretty, pretty funny. But anyway, we, we, we found ourselves, you know, we celebrate, we have, we have a, a fun time, and, 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 and that's really cool about family and, and about giving, and, and that's what it's about, and that's great. So don't, don't get me wrong in thinking that we're not to do that, because I think you should capitalize on that, and it is truly the most wonderful time of the year because of Jesus' birth. But what we're looking at today is the things that, that have to do with a hunger that's deeper than your stomach. A hunger in your soul where nothing can physically fill it. In John 6, verse 33 through 37, Jesus said, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. What unconditional type of love is that? The one that comes to Jesus he will not cast out. But he says, I am the bread of life. If you're hungry, it's because you need Jesus to fill you. Because there's always something more out there. There's always something bigger or better or whatever. Yes, be thankful for what we have, but if we're always comparing ourselves to somebody else or looking at what we don't have or what we didn't get, you will find that that hunger and that thirst gets greater. Because that's the lust of the flesh. And the flesh can never be fulfilled. The only thing that fills our spirits is Jesus. The bread of life. The bread of life. That thirst. You know, the drinking. I need something to quench my thirst. Listen to what Jesus said. 
Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. He told the woman by the well in John 4. But whoever drinks of this water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Quenched. In John 7, verses 37 through 39, on the last day it says, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, and let me just pause there real quick. On this day of the feast, the, the priest would carry this huge jug of water as he walked up the mount. And he would dip out the water, pour it out, tip it over, and the water would start sloshing. You know, like these big old containers, right? And it would start sloshing, and it would start running down the stairs. And it was meant to remind the people of when Moses, when the people of Israel were in the wilderness, how God provided water from, from the rock for them so that they wouldn't die. They had water to drink and they were reminded of that. And so as that's happening, that's the setting for when Jesus says on that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, if anyone thirsts, as they're looking at this physical water pouring down on the rocks, reminding them of that physical water that Moses was instrumental in providing for the people of Israel. He says, if anyone thirsts, John 7, 37, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke, excuse me, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. You just picture that. Jesus saying, if you're thirsty, come to me. If you're hungry, come to me. And so reading this and, and studying this, I was reminded of like, man, this is probably one of the most full days of our lives today, if not yesterday, this weekend, that this Sunday would be the Sunday where most of the people that were sitting in the seats would be absolutely filled up, filled up to the brim, maybe even overflowing. And some of you are like, yep, that's right, brother, right there, you know, and whatever it might be, we're full. We, we've had time with, you know, our family and food and all the stuff that is associated with the holidays, whatever it may be, we're sitting here full. And so that's why I titled this message, Free Refills. Because you might be sitting here, I'm full, I'm content, I feel happy, or whatever it might be. Even though st statistics will show the average of people's happiness throughout the year, subpar so tomorrow tuesday wednesday thursday friday by next weekend when the reality of life hits you after the new year and then all of a sudden it's the january 1st january 2nd january 3rd oh there goes my new year's resolution three days this year Woo. you know whatever it might be and then all of a sudden you're starting to think okay i'm hungry i'm thirsting don't look anywhere other than jesus christ don't look anywhere other than the Lord himself, the bread of life, the one who said, you eat of me and you will be filled, the one who said, if you thirst, I will give you living water. 
Because it doesn't matter how much money in the account there is. It doesn't matter how many things you have in your home. It doesn't matter even what you're striving for. Because did you know that also the chase can be deceiving as well? Because most people will strive in their chase and they're trying to get to the next level, taking for granted what they have because they're not satisfied. They want to make it to the next level. But even the chase is deceiving as well. Because you'll find that you'll chase something, chase something, chase something, and the moment you lay your hands on it, you'll be so depressed. You'll find that was it. It's happened in my own life where you chase it, you work for it, you get it, and you grab it, and it's yours, and you have it, and then you're like, that was it? That's all it was? Temporal fulfillment, temporal happiness. That's why Jesus said, happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, and we thank you, God, that we could come on this low-key Sunday and be able to gather together as friends and family, to be able to be, first of all, thankful. Lord, we say thank you for what you have blessed us with. We thank you, Lord, for sending your son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that it's okay to be able to relax and to have a good time and to be able to, Lord, enjoy your blessings. We know that all the things that we have have come from your hand. Everything that we have, Lord, has come from your hand. So we say thank you for all of those things. And Lord, may we truly be thankful for everything that you've given to us, Lord. And Lord, if you've given us this drive and this purpose and you've called us to do something, then may we pursue that. But Lord, may we not look at those things as something for fulfillment. May we only seek you. May we be filled with you. And Lord, I pray this morning for a special blessing upon all of us today. I ask that as Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and out of his life will flow rivers of living water. I pray that that would be the case for us today, that out of our lives would flow rivers of living water. Lord, help us if we're distracted. Help us if Satan's been throwing smoke screens in front of us, Lord, where we're losing sight of what the real purpose for our life is, Lord. Help us, Lord, if we're thinking things that are not of you, Lord, that they contradict you, Lord. They lead to uh, depravity or they lead to discouragement. They lead to pain. We know that those thoughts are not from you, Lord. Those are thoughts from the wicked one, and we claim them for what we see. We see what they are, Lord. We claim them as the enemies, and we want to keep them now captive, Lord, subjecting them to the law of God. And so, Lord, we pray, God, that you would please, please, Lord, take those thoughts and bury them, remove them, and, Lord, separate them from us. Lord, because we see them as fiery darts of the wicked one. Lord, I pray that our purpose as we finish this year strong, that we wouldn't wait until January 1st to start new, but Lord, that we, if there's things spiritually that we need to get right with you, Lord, with, that we would do that now and not procrastinate. Lord, let us not say, hey, we'll, we'll do it January 1st. Lord, let us not put off to tomorrow what we can be doing today. And Lord, I pray for Lord, your strength for your blessing. I pray that, Lord, not only would we finish this year strong, but we would have a great new year. Lord, I pray that you'd protect everybody, Lord, as we go about our our new year festivities, Lord, wherever they may be. I ask, God, that there wouldn't be one of us that would do something on December 31st that we would regret on January 1st. Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, uh, to, to be lights in this dark world. I pray that you would help us, Lord, 
to be used in great ways, Lord, this year. I pray that 2016, Lord, should you tarry, would be the most amazing year of our lives. Lord, I pray that it would not only be that way for us personally, but collectively as a church, Lord. We pray, God, that you would do great and mighty things through this church, that you would raise up laborers as the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. Lord, we pray to you, the Lord of the harvest, that you would raise up people for this new year so that we can charge forward, we can dive deep and charge forward, Lord. I pray, God, that you would help us to be those men and women. Help us, Lord, to be that family, that body called the church that you have created us to be. And Lord, we thank you that when we're hungry, you fill us. When we're thirsty, you quench that thirst. We thank you for those truths, Lord, and I pray that we would apply them to our lives in every area. And I pray, Lord, whatever you've spoken to your people today in your own personal way to them, that they would take those things to heart, that they would be encouraged, and that they would know that they are more than conquerors through Christ who gives them strength. Lord, they are more than conquerors because the battle's already won. And so, Lord, you see the finished product. You see the end result. That's how you view us. And may we, Lord, may we be led by your Spirit. May we take steps of faith. May we do something maybe we've never done before in your name. And Lord, I pray, God, that as the world gets darker, that our light would shine brighter. And Lord, we ask for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand.